We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 27, 2013. I, like I said, I added in those other, the other two audios for the last part on the, um, the whole thing, how they're gearing up for this 8, 7, and 9 most likely pandemic. And what I also did is I added in an excerpt from the attachment I have. It's called The Days Ahead, What to Expect, How to Prepare, Proactive Measures in the Event of a Pandemic, which gives you some practical things you can do. I give you the 5,000 miles over protein suggested therapeutic dosing guidelines in the event of a pandemic, Um, give you more information on that, Uh, also give you my teachings I've done, my video my videos I've done, PowerPoint presentations available for free online, avian flu pandemics, what to expect, how to prepare. It's just as pertinent toward this, except this stuff is even worse. It's A7N9 is actually has a much higher kill rate than even H5N1. Um, and so it's just kind of like, it's, it's like H5N1 on steroids, really. But the information is just as pertinent. And then also, like I would mentioned before about the North American Urban Spice Oregano P73, I'll give you a link to that. I have no vested interest in these, that company at all. I'm just It's a good product. They make very good things. Uh, also investing in a personal nebulizer. Um, if you're going to use the mild silver protein in there, the company's pretty emphatic. You only use 100 part per million. Um, now, I personally use 500 part, but they're saying you can only say 100. So I, I say only 100 part per million mild silver protein for nebulizer use. It's straight. And you can also put, if you want, like a drop of eucalyptus oil in the nebulizer, which kind of opens up the air passages. You know how eucalyptus feels, you know. Um, eucalyptus essential oil. Just one drop would be all you need, and even that's a lot. So... Um, now, where you get a nebulizer, I don't know. You Maybe you can find one on eBay. Maybe you can go to an online pawn, pawn shop and find one. Um, theoretically, you try. You can't just go and get one at the, at the uh, local whatever like you used to be able to because now they want, want to control all that and you have to do it through a doctor. So that I don't really know how to direct you other than what I just said. Um, also the, the air purifiers that, that, um, I think are very good. No, I don't think, I know Royal air purifiers. They make what they call Aaron and, um, it's a really highly, uh, it's a high form of activated oxygen, ozone, but it's, it's a very, very high form of it. And, um, remember how it said that one of the ways you can, you can EMP proof your, um, to, to make an EMP proof container. You go and get these galvanized trash cans with a tight lid. Well, I did that, okay, and I've had these. And there's videos online showing that you really should insulate them because um, uh, you just have bare metal on, let's say, an electronics you're trying trying to protect isn't probably the safest way to do it. In other words, you want to have it more grounded and... Um, if you coat the inside of the trash can with a rubberized spray paint, which you can find at Lowe's, it will work. Here's the problem. I did that, and the outgassing from the rubberized spray paint was so incredibly bad um, that the room I, I did it in, which I actually have like a basement area, I mean, it, it just 
totally enveloped the whole house. And it was really, really bad. I mean, to the point of, I had to get these things out of the house quick. Um, got them out into the garage area, and um, then I took, I have one of these Royal Air Purifiers. Okay, Now, they're not cheap, but you get what you pay for. Took that thing out there. I didn't run it on full blast. Okay, I ran it on maybe 50% power. And I would say it took, because you have to understand, this was, this was, this, these were outgassing so bad that you couldn't even be in the same room as them. So this rubberized spray paint, there's a, there's a drawback to it, okay? I found that out real quick. And, but I just literally, I took the, the unit and put it down into the trash can, left all the other trash cans around it and let, left them open. I ran that for two or three days and it totally, totally annihilated the smell outgassing from those trash cans. I mean, it was gone. I put my head in there when it was all sudden. I couldn't smell anything other than faint ozone smell. So it does work. It will do that. Now, here's the deal though. You don't want to run that full blast in any one area for days upon end. Number one, you go in there and it's not even a natural environment. If, you, if you're breathing too much ozone, in this case air in, you can get headaches, it can cause re- detox reactions, stuff like that. It's, it's not, you know, it's something you got to be careful of too. You can overexpose yourself to this stuff. So you, you don't, you want to have hopefully a little bit of ventilation, a cracked window, you know, also, if you leave it in any one particular room over time, it will, seems to attack rubber. Now, I know, I just said there was a rubberized spray paint, but I only did it for a couple days. But if you had it, let's say, in your garage running full blast all the time, I really believe it would probably literally go after the tires on your car, or uh, tires on anything you've got. Okay, so if you're running a real high level of ozone or air in, it will attack rubber. It won't happen overnight, but if you do it day on day, week in, week out, year upon year, it's going to degrade rubber. Okay, so that's just one of the little things I've learned over the years. So anyway, I give you a link to the Royal Air Purifiers as well. Um, not to say there's not other options out there. Just some of the ones I have personally used and, and, and that I like and that I know works. So let's go ahead and get into the next part of the study. We're going to switch gears again here. And this one is entitled... Uh, Pope Francis thinks you are insane for taking your faith seriously. During a Mass last week, good old Pope Francis called ideological Christianity a, quote, illness. According to the Encarta Dictionary, ideology can mean, one, an organized system of beliefs, values, and ideas forming the basis of social, economic, or political philosophy or program. Number two, a set of beliefs, values, and opinions that shapes the way a person or group, such as a social class, thinks, acts, and understands the world. Well, I would say both of them would fall under a Bible-believing, meaning uh, the Bible guides your behavior, the, the, um, your, your outlook, your behavior, your thought patterns, your, your, your morality, okay? An ideology would describe that, both definitions, I think. Now, they're saying, when considering Christianity, the second seems the most applicable, the second definition. Basically meaning, one tries to live consistently with what one claims to believe. Pope Francis finds this unacceptable and an illness. Like this devil has any room to talk. His black Catholic death cult 
which is totally the tradition of men, it is purely an ideology, okay, a false cult pseudo-Christianity ideology, and he has the audacity to say that ideological Christianity is an illness. Well, he's of his father the devil, and of his lust, and of his works he will do. So he's a fork-tongued devil, just like his father, Satan. So, interestingly, the Pope also criticized, this is unbelievable, this guy, this Pope, is a whole other level of evil, okay, than anything I've even seen. This Pope also criticized conservative Catholics for protesting abortion and same-sex marriage. <laughs> this is what a out-in-the-open flagrant devil this guy is. When asked about homosexual priests who had infiltrated the Roman Catholic system, he replied, quote, who am I to judge? End of quote. <laughs> so in other words, you know, who am I to judge? These, these uh, pedophilic, this, this whole legion, this whole army of pedophilic Catholic priests, who am I to judge? You know? They need to be out there molesting the kitties, I guess. Who am I to judge that? And, I mean, this is just literally beyond comprehension. What I'm talking about here. These are startling words from the so-called vicar of Christ. That word vicar means substitute. Which is what one of the titles that he takes on. Substitute. Substitute antichrist. Yeah. Okay, until the antichrist comes, he's a good substitute antichrist. It's true. Well, he'll be pointing to the antichrist, the false prophet. Anyway, as a result, secular humanists, abortionists, and homosexuals are beside themselves with joy over the Pope's position against the hated Christian fundamentalists. You're going to see this more and more and more. I saw this at that at that rally that I went to in Asheville, where that black-robed, de- fork-tongued devil got up there and told all of those witches and all of those pro-abortion and all of those pro-gay and all of those pro-evil people in that crowd exactly what they wanted to hear. And he twisted the scriptures, took things out of context in order to do it. And they love it when the religious, supposedly the religious right, which is more like the religious left, it's like the first church of Satan, comes and agrees with them. They they are desperately seeking justification. The pro-abortion, pro-gay, pro-evil crowd is desperately seeking justification for their own wicked, sinful behavior, and when the supposed pseudo-church comes forward and does that, they couldn't be happier. Then, they can literally unite with these pseudo-Christian cult devils into one army, eventually, against the true remnant Christians. That's the plan. So, this is this is their whole... This is their, their whole uh, M.O. Now, my comment is, um, if you want to see my reports on Catholicism, and I've done so many, uh, I give you a link here at Contending for Truth. I did a search, and then I just copied the, the search link in there, and it'll, it'll give you, not all the ones I've ever done, because I've done so many, it, they don't even, they couldn't even all register on one page. But um, I've done quite a few. So, anyway, next report. Uh, 2007 NBC report predicted 
all Americans will receive a microchip implant in the 2017 uh, per Obamacare. So I'm just going to go ahead and play this, and there's a lot of documentation on this. I'm also posting in this PDF so you can understand that this isn't a uh, this isn't like an opinion. More now. So let me just look here real quick. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and play this video here from NBC. More now of our special coverage here tonight. Life in the U.S. in 10 years' time. By that time, there may be... Okay, so this is in 2007, and it says in the background, this is Brian Williams, I believe, mainstream uh, NBC News reporter. In in the background, you see the year 2017. Okay, what's it going to be like? All kinds of new ways to safeguard and identify all those things that make each of us unique. Our faces, even our fingerprints, even our eyes. Here now with more on the future of technology, NBC's Tom Costello. The year is 2017. You're rushed to a hospital, unconscious with no ID or medical history. But thanks to a microchip under your skin, it's all there. Science fiction 20 years ago, but a biometric reality today. The technology is based on answering one simple question. Am I who I say I am? Already, fingerprints and iris scans verify passenger identities at airports. Within 10 years, that technology may be even more widespread. And look for more complex facial recognition programs that scan a crowd of thousands looking for a single terrorist. Today's facial recognition software starts with the eyes. Then, it maps out the contours of the face and compares that against a database of millions, a database that's growing by the day. What's next? At the University of Bath in England, researchers predict big changes for consumers. I think it is possible to free us completely of our wallets and keys using biometric technology, if that's what people want in 10 years' time. In fact, it's already here. The latest home security locks use fingerprints to control deadbolts. And at the Jewel Osco grocery store in Chicago, some customers pay using their fingerprints. No paper or plastic. You don't really need anything other than your hand, and you already got that with you. So will future department stores scan our irises, like in the movie Minority Report, then offer products catered to who we are? Hello, Mr. Yakamoto. Welcome back to the Gap. Experts say that technology is here now. The challenge is to safeguard our privacy in a brave new world. Tom Costello, NBC News, Alexandria, Virginia. So there you have it. They predicted this back in 2007, that people would have this. Um, And then you have, now remember, the microchip in the video that we just heard about projections for 2017, um... It had to do with a medical origin, kind of, because you go into a hospital, you have any ID, but you got your microchip, so they can scan it, and they can find out everything about you, okay? So, um, there's a lot of different links that I'm not going to get into every link here, but you can click on them if you want to explore this further. Uh, One of them is called Healthcare and the Rise of the RFID, Radio Frequency Identifier. Microchipping uh, included in the health bill, which I've had a lot of emails about this, about the Obamacare and them requiring a uh, microchip in um, the uh, uh, in Obamacare and and yes I do believe a lot of people were saying yeah it has to take place by it was I believe it was March of last year and I said there's no way it's going to take place that quick they don't have everything in place yet it's it's not going to happen and it didn't 
Okay, but it doesn't mean they don't. They're not going to try to do that. And and um, this is the thing that you have to bear in mind. Okay, so this this article, the one I just mentioned, I clicked on the link. And this is from Ron Paul's website, thedailypaul.com. It says, microchipping included in the health care bill. With a question mark. It says, buried deep within over 1,000 pages of the massive U.S. US health care bill in a non-discussed, quote, non-discussed section titled, subtitle C-11, section 2521, National Medical Device Registry. It states its purpose as the secretary shall establish a national medical device registry um, to facilitate analysis of a post-market safety and outcomes data on each device that is or has been used in or on a patient or B is a class 3 device um, which is a device that is implantable. Now, this is all lawyer talk, lawyer ease, but it says the real world speak, according to this report, this new law, when fully implemented, provides the framework for making the United States the first nation in the world to require each and every one of its citizens to have implanted in them a radio frequency identification microchip for the purposes of controlling who is or isn't allowed medical care in the country. Now, notice, in the video we saw, or heard, with Brian, the Brian dude, Brian Williams, I believe, uh, that was how they approached it. It was a medical. It's more palatable from that standpoint. Listen, you need to have, it's just like a medical ID, but you can lose a medical ID, and there's such a limited amount of information you can have on a medical ID. Why can't they just put a microchip in the medical ID then? Why do they have to put it in you? Well, because that's what Satan wants. So this is Ron Paul up here. Um, and... Saying, I mean, on his own website, um, saying that, yes, this is most likely the case. This is definitely something, I, I you know, the, the mark of the beast has to happen. I'm not saying this is exactly the mark of the beast, um, but <laughs> you don't want to get a microchip from the government implanted in you. I can tell you that right now, and we're going to talk about that more. We're going to talk about that exact specific uh, subject here coming up. Okay, I just added that verbiage into the PDF so that it would actually be here and you wouldn't even have to click on the link if you didn't want to. It's it's under there. Um, so you can look at that further. The, the next report, and I'm not going to get in, into, but it's entitled Coverage Under Obamacare, will require an implantable microchip, question mark, healthcare bill, and just a lot of different governmental things. Um, if you take the RFID microchip, they can track your every move, control your money, control your food, and possibly even kill you if you don't obey. There is um, talk that they'll have um, ways to actually kill you. I mean, if there's any type of nanorobots deployed with these things, they can be literally sent on a uh, seek, kill, and destroy mission inside your body. There can be cyanide implanted in these chips. There's a number of different ways they can do this. Now, let me read that last sentence again. If they, if you take the RFID microchip, they can track your every move, control your money, control your food, and possibly even kill you if you don't obey. My comment is, most importantly, if this is the mark of the beast, you will go to hell and then the lake of fire for eternity. Okay, see, to me, that's, that's the much bigger problem. Now, I had this email. I've had a couple different emails lately, but this one just came from a listener. 
And she said, suggestion from the next audio. And again, I know I have a lot of people making requests. It's just that I can't possibly get to them all anymore. I, I, I know I've been wanting to do one on Seventh-day Adventism for a long time. I just To do a dedicated teaching on it, I just can't even get to it. I have a huge file on it, but I just to do it means that I have to put the current events aside. And, and the current events are so crazy and in pertinent, and, and again, like the stuff we're covering today, I, I just can't not cover this, and, and, and push the other aside, so um, I apologize about that she says, Dr. Johnson, is it possible if you would discuss this um, this whole, you can get saved if you take the mark of the beast heresy that's floating around now, ever since it got known, John MacArthur came out supporting this other internet, quote, discernment ministries like Brandon House and Jimmy D. Young came on board. Now, Chris Pinto came out on his radio show today, hopping on the bandwagon. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I clicked on this link from this uh, Chris Pinto guy, and I, I looked at the very start, and I'm thinking, wow, I mean, do you realize that you could literally... People could literally wind up in hell as a result of what you're putting out in a very flippant fashion. Do you really want to take that risk? And, and it's today's repentance. It's repentance from the mark of the beast. Um, now, she, she had listen to this. He says, we learn how the mark was understood through the Middle Ages as it was recognized in association with the papal system of Rome. I don't care how... It was perceived in the Middle Ages. They did not have the technology in the Middle Ages to implement the mark. Okay? How could they implement a mark where you couldn't buy, sell, or trade without? It would have to have some way of keeping track of how much money electronically you had in your possession. And there's nothing they could have come up in the Middle Ages to do that. Technology was not there. We have it today. They They weren't even close to it then, obviously. Um... And so he goes, I mean, I'm reading this and I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, says that this was because the ability to repent seems to have been taken for granted, but a shift took place in the 19th century as the understanding of prophecy changed from the classical historical view, as taught by the reformers to a futurist view, which is embraced by most evangelicals today. How did the shift in exegesis change the understanding of the mark or whether or not a person could repent if they receive it? Um... So, anyway, evidently he's on board with this and the whole being able to repent from taking the Mark of the Beast. Now, where do we first see this? I believe we first saw it in the Left Behind series. Okay? The whole Left Behind series, which was based on the pre-trib rapture, which was also based on, yes, even if you're left behind, you can take the Mark of the Beast as long as you sincerely really didn't want it and you can repent. No, you can't. No, you can't. All I care about, I don't care about anybody's opinion. I don't care if John MacArthur, Brandon House, Chris Pitt, I don't care, the Pope, it doesn't matter to me. All that matters to me is what does the Bible say about this subject. And I'm going to flat tell you the truth, and I'm not going to lie to you. I am responsible, and as a watchman, you know, I have to tell you the truth. She, she ends this, and I'm going to get into this in a second, but she ends this request by saying, um, it's not like the Marxist extremist emergent church support, 
it's not like the Marxist extremist emergence church is supporting this. It's these internet, quote, discernment ministries that a lot of end times Christian watchmen um, that listen to these people, partly because all of these churches are also corrupt. So in other words, because the churches are so corrupt, they're going to these end time discernment ministries, like we just mentioned, and now they're being evidently totally corrupted. Not maybe totally, but they're being, you know, this is a big corruption. This is not a light, light-hearted issue. This is a matter of heaven or hell, this issue. Taking the mark of the beast, or not. So, um, so she says, uh, partly because these churches are so corrupt spiritually, and I, even including myself, she says, who listens to Pinto and Brandon House every now and then. So she was shocked by this whole thing when she heard this. Well, here is my reply. Let's just let the KJV Bible teach us if we can take the mark of the beast and still be saved. Let's see what KJV Bible says, okay? Okay. Revelation 13, 16. And he, in this particular case, it's the false prophet who was given power by the beast. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. This is the mark of the beast. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is 603 score and 6, 666. And then we go to Revelation 14.9, a chapter later, and it says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same, okay, so that's the mark of the beast. If you receive the mark of mark of the beast in your forehead or in your hand, okay, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of indignation. That doesn't sound good. Doesn't say, well, if you take the mark of the beast in your forehead or your hand, but you really didn't mean it, doesn't say that. It is a done deal once you take the mark. You are going to go to hell and then eventually the lake of fire forever. Period. The Bible is very clear. Now, maybe a watered down version, ESV or Living Bible or NIV, maybe it doesn't say that. It probably doesn't. It probably says something slightly different, which puts doubt in the person's head, which is why those false versions are there to begin with. They're all corrupted and leavened. So, what happens to them? The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, is that something you want to mess around with? Well, I think I could take it as long as I was... Yeah, I really want to push the envelope on this verse. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of leeway in this verse that I just read. I mean, do, can't you just see all the loopholes where you can get out of this? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't see it. You know. Now, what does that mean? Well, if you don't take it, let's say you're, you're not to say God couldn't protect somebody, but you're brought, okay? Okay, then you got to go for the guillotine. That's your, okay, well, I guarantee you, you go the guillotine route and you die. You won't suffer long, <laughs> you know, and you're going to be with Jesus Christ for eternity. I mean, you're saved, hopefully, you're saved, and you do this. I imagine it is possible to not take the mark of the beast and not be saved and go to hell. That would really stink. I imagine that's possible. I mean, somebody that just knew it was evil but wouldn't get saved. I imagine that's a possibility. 
Okay? But if you're saved individual, you don't take the mark of the beast. You, they say, okay, here's the guillotine. Okay? Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The reason they want to use guillotines, part of the reason is because they want to preserve the organs for harvesting. Remember, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, everything is going to be a, um, uh, trafficked. Everything is going to be sold, bought. They're already doing this today with organs. If you watch the movie Coma and the remake of the movie, of the movie Coma and that miniseries, they flat out tell you what they're doing with the organ, organ harvesting. You do not want to be an organ donor. Let me tell you something. You're an absolute total target. If you're if you're in good any kind of good shape and you get into a hospital, oh, it's ama- it's amazing. You know, um, uh, Henry over here, he was he was in pretty good shape, but yeah, he, he kicked off. I, I can't believe it. He wasn't supposed to die, but he he did. And yeah, you know, we harvest all of his organs, and we made hundreds of thousands of dollars off his organs. And um, you know, it's a really unfortunate thing that happened. Just want you know, coma. You know, that's what they're doing. I've done reports on this before where this is a huge international global trade. And the reason they would want to use guillotines is because if you poison them, the organs are poisoned. Okay? If you blow their brains out, you can't, you can't um, harvest the brains or the eyes or whatever else they're going to harvest. You cut somebody's head off, you virtually have everything that you need all intact. Pretty much. So that's, from an economic standpoint, that's why they would want to use a guillotine on you. Okay? It's for our organ harvesting. So that's, that's the reason. So if, if you're wondering, yeah, and the guillotine's a very, very frightening thing. Okay? I mean, you know, not a fun thing. Yeah, they found that all the reports out there with the guillotines and all these storehouses and all of these things. You know, I just got to the point where it's like, you know what? That is the door. To eternity, the guillotine. Okay, I'm not saying that that has to be all of our faith. God always preserves a remnant. Always. Okay? So, and then, you know, I'm just saying that, that to me, I've gotten to the point where, when I first started hearing about that, that really freaked me out a long time ago. I don't know how many years ago when I first, and it was really, I didn't like thinking about it, and you know, I don't know, I guess it's just that you're around this, and then you see all the corruption, and, the, and you see, and then God strengthens you over time, and then it gets to the point where it's like, you know, I don't know, you get into a different mindset, and it's like, yeah, but that's the door to Jesus Christ. That's the door to heaven. The guillotine, that's going to be the door to heaven for a lot of, I dare I say, millions and millions of martyrs. And not one of them, I just thought, this thought occurred to me the other day, not one of them, not one person who's saved, who goes to the guillotine and is martyred because they don't take the mark of the beast or for whatever reason, not one of them will regret it ever. Whereas, if you take the mark of the beast, you will regret that choice for eternity. Well, I know, but but my my I, I listen to whoever, Brandon House or Chris Penn or whoever, John MacArthur or whatever, and they said it was okay. You know what? That's why the Bible says, "Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm, meaning the arm that he leans on, and whose heart departeth from the Lord." Listen, if I'm up here telling you to do something unbiblical, don't listen to me. I'm telling you that about myself. So I'm not holding them to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. 
That is not something you want to mess around with. That doctrine. It's very clear in the Bible. Okay? So, um, then the next verse, verse 11, Revelation 14, verse 11, and the smoke of their torment, meaning the smoke of the, of the people who took the mark of the beast, the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. It never ends. I can't comprehend forever. But it never ends. The punishment. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. It is a absolute eternal death sentence on a scale of agony none of us could even possibly comprehend unless we had already been to hell and came back to tell about it. Which I haven't. It's very clear. Very crystal. No gray area here whatsoever. Well, a proper rendering of the underlying Latin or whatever of the Sinaiticus and Vaticanus documents that came out of the corrupt Catholic Church that gave us a revised version of 1881 Bible, which is totally corrupted and perverted and leavened, that rendering says that you actually can take the mark of the beast. Or the newest copywritten manuscript Bible that just came out, Flavor of the Week, which is equally as valid as the Word of God in the KJV, even though they were translated from two totally different texts, that one says that you can take the mark of the beast if you're sincerely repentant. Okay, trust that lying, fork-tongue, new version, copywritten devil Bible over the true Word of God, the KJV Bible, which came from a totally different line of Bibles. The majority text, the Byzantine text, the Textus Receptus came from a pure line. The others came from a corrupt Catholic line. And that, But unfortunately, that's what's taught in the cemeteries. Hey, if you were Satan, where would you target? Target the cemeteries, I mean the seminaries. Get all the guys to doubt the word of God, the, 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 the men going through there now, there's tons of women, even though that's unbiblical, I'm sorry, but it's the Bible says the the uh, pastors, deacons, elders, bishops are be the you know husband of one wife, not the wife of one husband. There's no Bible for it at all. Okay, call me chauvinist, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You, you get all these guys to believe you got to yoke up with the government. You got to go to the government to get all your licensing. You got to go to the government to get your 501c3 exemption. You you know the 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 uh, new more modern renderings of the Bible are actually way better than the KJV and. You know, yeah, there's hundreds of versions of them, but what is the Word of God then? Who knows? Anything goes. Whatever you want it to be. There's no solid rock that they can build their house on, so they build their house on sand. It's no wonder the church is in the shape it's in. So, and then the last verse here reads, Here's the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God in faith of Jesus. So, you know, sometimes patience unto death. But just remember, one second on the other side of that guillotine is life eternal for a saved Christian. You will not regret. <laughs> you will not regret that choice. Whereas if you take the easy way out, it's not the easy way. You will burn in hell in the lake of fire for eternity. If you take the mark of the beast. 
Period. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You know, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Galatians 4.16. Most of the time you tell somebody the truth. You go preach that little little thing that I just said in most churches and they probably um, tar and feather you and, and run you out of town. They don't want to hear that stuff. So, going back to the main article, a number of states like Virginia have passed Stop the Mark of the Beast legislations in an effort to stop this. Remember, they do things over time to condition the population into thinking this is normal. Please understand you are just a number for the government. An RFID chip is the government's means to control you for the rest of your life. But again, I the, the, see the overriding thing for me is all that other garbage aside. <laughs> the overriding thing for me is heaven and hell. Okay, that's that far exceeds anything that you know they're gonna oh they're gonna control my food or they're gonna do this what whatever heaven or hell that's what matters you know a thousand years from now that'll you know obviously definitely be the case so I'm gonna go ahead and play this video some here that uh, gets into this a little bit now this is entitled proof. The RFID microchip is in the Obama health care bill. And it says, warning, we're preparing for a massive civil war, says Department of Homeland Security informant. When HR 3962 goes into effect on March 23rd, 2013, people will soon uh, after have to make a choice between liberty or slavery. Again, we have not got to that point yet. Yes, it was supposed to happen back in March. But obviously they, could, they didn't have the infrastructure set up to implement a national registry, um, medical implantable device in everybody, okay? Maybe that was their plan, but obviously it didn't work out. Remember, Satan's patient in that regard. So, let me just go ahead and let this play. I'm going to let this, oh, I don't know. This is going to play for about, I think about nine minutes here. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it away from the fog of the controversy. So we have to pass the bill so you can find out what's in it. What's in H.R. 3962? If you go to H.R. 3962, uh, this is a bill that was written back in uh, 2009, October 29, 2009. If you go down to page, uh, I think maybe 1501, uh, this is the FDA administration. And if you scroll down a little bit more, it talks about National Medical Device Registry. And if you read down, it talks about implementing a, uh, and it talks about Class 3 medical devices, and it's like a uh, pacemaker. This is what I just went over, and he's reiterating this. For some stuff. But this right here, it says, and this is a very open-ended bill. It means they can do whatever they want and have vague language. But it says, uh, may include as the secretary uh, determines, uh, as she deems appropriate, uh, specifies in regulation a class two device that is life-supporting or life-sustaining. What is a class two device? Well, if you go to the FDA, class two special controls guidance document, implantable radio frequency, frequency transponder, System for Patent Identification and Health Information. If you go back here, it's all about data registry, medical device registry. 
health information implantable. If you go over here to FDA, class 2, implantable radio frequency, frequency transponder system for, for patient identification and health information for medical device registry. And also over here it talks about it, uh, it goes through, uh, talks about the class 2, the device is intended to enable access to secure patient identification and corresponding health information in humans. Implantable. What are they talking about? They're talking about the microchip. All right, this next story may sound like something out of, uh, well, a Hollywood thriller. A Saudi inventor has created a killer microchip. It's designed to track terrorists and criminals and, well... You can think of somebody. Not only does it include a GPS device, it also has a lethal dose of cyanide, which can be activated at any time. You get my point? Now, they tried to pass a bill like this a couple of years ago, and I think uh, the whistleblowers came out. So they came out and uh, redacted part of a bill, and they've come out with this very vague one. Now, what was in the other bill? Uh, this was H.R. 3200. Same uh, wording, a class 2 device that is implantable. This was in their thing. Life-supporting, life-sustaining. The same thing is what they put here, but they worded it uh, vague. Class 2 device, they've taken out implantable. That is life-supporting and life-sustaining. Even though it's vague, it still means the same thing as a class 2 device that is implantable. This was in their actual bill. And when, and when you go back, what is implantable? goes back to the chip. And I think one reason why they took uh, the thing out of the bill and has made it vague is because a couple years ago, uh, Ron Paul came out and he said buried deep within over a thousand pages of this massive U.S. health care bill uh, in a non-discussed section titled uh, C-11, Section 2521, this is H.R. 3200, National Medical Device Registry, in which states its purpose as, he quotes, that part of the law and then goes on to say, in a real world speak, according to this report, this new law, when finally implemented, provides the framework for making the, the United States the first nation in the world to require each and every one of its citizens to have implanted in them a radio frequency identification microchip for the purpose of controlling who is or isn't allowed medical care in their country. They have been talking about the, uh, the microchip for a while, and it's getting closer and closer to them wanting to implement it. And now that Obamacare has passed, they wanted to establish a nat uh, national medical device registry uh, as the secretary deems appropriate, a Class 2 device that is life-supporting. Class 2 device. Class 2 device. Implantable. Class 2 device. So what is it? Now, this is a slide from... An okay, now, the, this is Catherine Albrecht, and her voice is... It's not Catherine's Albrecht. I love her actual voice, but the, the it's like... The way that this was recorded, it's like kind of like nails on the chalkboard. Not her fault. It's the way it was actually recorded. Um, but she's doing... It looks like she's doing a tour with the Prophecy Club, like I did. And she's up there speaking about this particular subject, okay, about, and, and it's very insightful, the things that she says here, and that's why I included it uh, in this, because I've had a lot of requests about the mark, I've done some teachings on the mark of the beast, 
in times past, but they're kind of dated now. And this is more, a little more updated. I, I, of course, this video is actually kind of dated, but it's it's really pertinent, the information she's getting into. So her voice is a little bit... Um, they didn't record it quite properly, but hopefully you'll get the gist of what she's saying here. Consortium called the Auto ID Center that wants to promote the use of these tiny uh, tracking devices, the RFID tags, for a variety of different reasons. Uh, perhaps the most disturbing of them. This is from her presentation back in 2004, which was like two years before I even went on tour with them, on the brink of the mark. She's the author of Spy Chips, and she's like probably the world's foremost expert on RFID, and and she's the one that has the Ixquick and Smart Page websites where you can search anonymously. Just she's produced a lot of very good fruit, and uh, really very very smart individual. Uh, in addition to counting humans, would be to count and number every item on the planet and use it to replace the barcode. So physical items could actually be identified and numbered and linked from a distance and tracked. Now, one of the things on this slide that they talk about is it would take 23 bits, and so that's the numerical information it would have to contain in that tiny speck of dust-sized chip, to number every automobile on the planet. It would take 29 bits, or zeros and ones, a string of 29 zeros and ones to number all the computers. And here's the creepy part. It would only take 33 zeros and ones to give a unique identifying number to every human being on the planet. So it's, they're, um, they're, they're making some points here in the, uh, in this particular slideshow, uh, have they already estimated how many people on the planet will actually take the chip um, based on those estimates she just read? And if so, what will happen to those on the planet that do not take the chip? Well, we know. So zero, zero, one, zero, one, one. I mean, but again, God can always hide you as well. Okay, Pray that you'd be counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this world to stand before the Son of Man. Okay, so again, I got a lot into those verses before. So, you know, God has a different plan for every single Christian on the planet. I mean, uh, all of our plans aren't exactly the cookie cutter the same, is, is the point. That 33 times, and you've got a unique number for everyone. Now, the disturbing part here is that this industry consortium, which consists of some of the biggest global companies in the world, including um, Procter & Gamble, including Johnson & Johnson, Kimberly Clark, International Paper, big companies, Coca-Cola. These guys should be thinking about products, and yet on here they're naming human beings. So this technology, with all of this backing, by the way, the Department of Defense and the U.S. Postal Service are also backers of this technology. Uh, the fact that they're putting human beings on their, on their slides and their internal documents as a way to uh, utilize this technology is a little bit worrisome. And definitely, by putting one of these numbers into one of these merit chips and implanting it into a human being, you could verify them. You could have a number associated with them. You could link that number up to a database, and you could require them to present that in order to buy or sell for the reasons that we talked about. The company producing these chips is a company called Alien Technology. And you can't really see it very well, but it's got, I think, one of the creepiest logos I've ever seen. Uh, it's black. It's got uh, red on a black background. It has what looks like almost three claw marks sort of screeching across the screen. And in fact, most of the imagery associated with this technology is quite dark. Um, at, at a conference I attended last a couple, about two months ago, 
And she was actually showing the, the, the logo there on the slide presentation, Alien, at the bottom, with these three, like, claw marks in three different spots. Gentleman from uh, Philip Morris talking about this technology. He was talking to a bunch of global um, uh, executives from global companies who deal with moving products around. And he was telling them, you know, when this, when this comes out, when we have radio devices and everything, and we're tracking everything all over the planet, you're going to need to really change the way you run your warehouse in your back room. And do you know what he said? And he meant this in terms of you're going to have to totally change the way you do business and revolutionize your, your thinking about moving products. But his statement was, this technology will destroy our way of life. The purpose of this technology is to destroy our way of life. Now, it's interesting because in his saying that, the whole room went silent. By the way, these are people who love the idea of tracking things as they walk around. But even then, the room went silent because that was a pretty heavy statement. And I don't think he meant that it's going to absolutely destroy our way of life as we live day to day. But I also don't think he realized the symbolic importance of what he had said. Because if we do actually number every human being, and if we do number every physical item, and if we can keep track of all of that through databases and through computer systems, it will actually destroy our way of life. There will be no more freedom. There will be no more privacy or no more ability to walk around uh, and, and even talk to other people freely because your every move will be monitored and tracked. Okay, so that's the end of that particular clip where she was talking there. And, um, yeah, she brings up some very pertinent points there. Uh, the devil comes to kill, steal, destroy. And, again, then you have all this stuff with this NSA database in the, in the, in the center out in, I believe, Utah that's been catching on fire and imploding, and they're trying to amass all of this, these databases and get them all on the same page. And, and I think a lot of Christians have been praying about this, and it's been throwing um, monkey wrenches from a spiritual standpoint into what they're trying to implement. And I, I think that's wonderful, and it's definitely a way that we need to direct our prayers. The whole agenda is to create a one-world government Okay, now this is Aaron Russo. Remember before I said a good thing if you want to know about what the actual, uh, a very good documentary in the IRS. He put uh, IRS, um, well, freedom and fascism, Aaron Russo. He's, this man has passed away from bladder cancer. It happened pretty much right after this was released, the, uh, the, uh, sh- the documentary Freedom to Fascism. And I don't think there was any coincidence there. And this is... Uh, from his Reflections and Warnings interview from 2009, Aaron Russo, you're hearing him talking, and he's saying this is, he had met with, um, he met with like one of the Rockefellers, and befriended him, and this is what they were telling them what they were going to do. This is what their ultimate goal was for world dominance. Everybody has an RFID chip implanted in them. All money is to be, uh, in those chips, right? There'll be no more cash. And this is getting you straight from Rockefeller himself. This is what they want to accomplish. And all money will be in your chips. And so, any, so, not except. See, again, they didn't have that technology in the Middle Ages. <laughs> you know what I mean? To buy, sell, or trade? How could they have had that technology in the Middle Ages? It doesn't even really make any remote sense, so. Having cash, anytime you have money in your, in your, in your chip, they can take out whatever they want to take out whenever they want to. If they say you owe us this much money in taxes, they just deduct it out of your chip digitally. Total control. Total control. And if you're like me or you, and you're protesting what they're doing, they can just turn off your chip. And you have nothing. You can't buy food. 
You can't do anything. It's total control of the people. And that chip's connected to a database that has your purchasing records, what you do. What everything. You everything is in there. You know? And so they, they want a one-world government controlled by them, everybody being chipped, all your money in those chips, and they control the chips, and they control people. And you become a slave. You become a serf to these people. That's their goal. That's their intentions. Okay, so that's all I'm going to play on, on those. It's actually a 23-minute video that um, you can listen to if you like. i give you the link for that and um, in the PDF for uh, October 27, 2013. It's going to be on about page, hmm, about page 9 once I get this PDF all said and done. So, again, I give you more links here to verify this. Um, this report ends by saying the RFID microchip agenda has been in the works for some time now, and most websites who claim they have done the research for you have been paid off or threatened by the government. The video above reveals the RFID brain chip. Now, that's what was coming next in the video, because I only played up to about you know, about the 12th minute. But then it gets into the RFID brain chip that has been developed and currently being used on humans. Plus, the RFID microchip could also contain a lethal dose of cyanide, uh, to be activated at any time by those in control. So, um, it says, download this video, re-upload it to the web, use the same description and title, tell friends and family about it. So I'll give you all the means to do that as well. So, let's see here. Um, I think I'm going to end part three here. We're going to switch gears again. And a um, little bit different subject. Yeah, I've got quite a bit more to cover and uh, try to get it done in the next part but it's kind of doubtful. Anyway, I will close this part and see you in part 4. God bless you.